Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about chapters 18 and 19 of The Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson, wherein a lot of Dalinar in these chapters. You got Dalinar talking to the king, and then uh, and uh, and Dalinar having a vision, one of these visions we've heard so much about. And while that's going on, Aelin is uh, pursuing the king's investigation, but also pursuing some of his own, I guess maybe you'd call it an investigation, in the middle of a date, maybe indicating why his relationships don't last long. But we'll, we'll get there. I'm Data, and with me is... Jack, Joe, and Jamie. So hang on to something, everybody. The Sander Lanch is about to begin. Fair in the blade, the spirit of the fallen fate, soil and degrade, my legacy and name. Bend in the code, the father to the long So yeah, two more chapters and a lot of, like I said, a lot of Dalinar. So what did you guys think of these two chapters? I mean, I like Dalinar, so that was all good. Like the Adolin stuff, I'm just like, all right, cool. You're you're like you're womanizing Git, and the woman's um seem, like don't seem to be too too thrilled with that. Like, oh, let's go on a date. All right, I need to go to the leather worker and then go talk to the priest. Which, okay, fine. You need to go do these things. You have orders like to do one, and then you're concerned for your dad, so you want to do the other. That's all fine. Why the fuck are you taking your girlfriend? Just say, hey, I've got some obligations to take care of first. Can we meet up after lunch or something? Like, what the? F- mm-hmm. What the hell, man? So, like, it was that. But yeah, like all the Dalinar stuff, I I um, really liked. I liked him talking to Elikar. I liked him talking to Renarin. I think Renarin gets like deserves a bit more than he's getting. So that was nice. And then the Vision chapter was intense. I don't quite know what the monsters they were fighting were. The descriptions were kind of vague. So given this book, I'm just going to refer to them as the smoke crabs. And yeah, like interesting that he seems like there does seem to be a guiding presence behind it uh, talking to him. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of food for thought there. Interesting stuff. Yeah. I agree with you about Adolin. It's like, dude, just this is not a date. You could do a date and not, it's, it's almost like he's self-sabotaging, honestly. Yeah, it's like, how are you, how do you have so many women, like, wrapped around your little finger if you do shit, if you don't, it doesn't occur to you how much of a bad idea this is. Like, how, how like, there are no women left in the kingdom who are just like, fuck this guy. Just gonna burn through them all. Yep. Yeah. But I also agree that Dal- it's a very intense vision to be just thrown into with Dalinar here, but I guess that's his feeling about it, too. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, a, oh, shit, Storm's coming out of bloody nowhere. And now I'm wondering, it's like, like, is that part of, like, do other people suffer from these visions? Does whoever, whoever the shard is, are they sending the storms to give these visions? Is that how it comes in? Or I don't know. There's like a lot of stuff to unpack there. That's a good point, actually, because we, uh, about the storm coming out of nowhere, because we're, we've been told up till now, it's like, they can pretty much predict the storms. They're right most of the time anyway. And, but just imagine that you have this society that's like, Every once in a while, the storm blows through, and you have to hide or die most of the time. And sometimes they just they just show up. 
Like, uh, you know, you have a, a good idea when most of them are going to show up, but not all of them. So, you know, don't make any plans ever. Yeah. Like quite literally an act of God is coming through. Yeah. That's a, it's, it's a interesting life to be living. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These chapters were okay. I'll, I'll be honest. The most interesting stuff to me was like the priest talking about like the histories of people having visions and then Dal and are talking with the prince about like new plans for how they could wage war, trying to come up with different ways that he could unite the the princes and stuff. The vision chapter, I uh, I don't know. The, the, I, I mean, it was kind of cool when you realize like that it's I guess a page out of history, but at the same time, I was like, this is such a departure from what we have been involved with so far that it like it's just really weird instead of smoke crabs i'm gonna call them heartless because they <laughs> yeah like, a little bit they yeah they seem like heartless to me so that yep, uh that, that works yeah you know cool stuff but at the same time just such a weird departure that i was like this is okay i don't know like it's almost turning the book on its head for me it's like it's going in such a different direction and it's been going in so many different directions already that like it's just like, what is happening? And then the most interesting to me part to me of these this section is the epigraphs, for sure, because mm. I feel like we get some I feel like we get some confirmation about who's who's writing them, but only confirmation that we could know having read other things. So a little ex- a little excited about that. Well, I mean, one of the names that gets dropped is only relevant because we've read other things. It's true. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So definitely interested to to find out if uh, yeah, I don't know. Like the first section of the book, the epigraphs were completely different. They weren't like somebody writing something and they were mm-hmm. not, as far as we know, directly affecting the plot. I'm going to guess based on the age of this book that the epigraphs that we're currently reading are not going to directly affect the plot. But at the same time, it's very interesting. Yeah, I tend to agree that these epigraphs, uh, like up till now, we've been reading this letter and you're like, or what appears to be a letter, I guess I should say. And you're like, yeah, this is weird. Some we, I think we had some guesses about who might be writing it, but these two are for me where it takes like a jump. You're like, oh wait, this is some relevant stuff. Okay, maybe not immediately relevant to what we're talking about in the rest of the book, but yeah, but still very awesome. Yeah, we 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 became like the Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the TV meme. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm gonna have to find that for Instagram this week. <laughs> It's nice to be the ones that are sitting there going, oh, oh, I know this one for a while. It's, mm-hmm. you know, you never get to be those people. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, we we got the cheat sheet. <laughs> it does make you think how much is lost on you in the other books, though. It's like there's no, it doesn't appear, well, um, we're really early through, oh, my God. What is this series that we're reading now? Stormlight. Stormlight. You know, we're very early in Stormlight, so you don't know how much of it kind of gives away or anything but if you had read stormlight first i wonder what impact would be lost on you but yeah yeah that's that's a good question i think uh i feel like not as much as you probably be afraid of there's a couple things Mm. at least but i think up to this point the way that we've set it up you wouldn't have missed too terribly much oh fair enough yeah i like these chapters they were they were good most of my sentiments echo dak and joe in most things, I did find the vision very interesting because it's the first one we've actually seen 
and we like we've heard about them all, but it was really interesting to have a look at what he's actually going through in these visions and the whole, you know, he's not just talking to someone, he's he's fighting and he's he's in somebody else's place in, in history and at a particular time. And I liked how there were little sort of bits about, you know, where he was and you know, where people came from and how that ties into the modern day stuff. So I'm actually hoping we get more of that. Uh, I hope that we don't lose Dalina too soon because I'm definitely interested about it. I'm also really interested at, as to, like, if this was happening to to Gavilar before the end as well. So Gavilar, Gavilar, Yeah, you got it. i got to write them down, I swear. <laughs> I'm like, I know who they are, and then I say it. I'm like, it sounds wrong. So, no, I, I like the vision. It sounds terrifying. Also, we like the interaction with the king. I thought that was some interesting perspective, like the two of them kind of going back and forward and, you know, having to keep a lid on his anger and not just bite his head off <laughs> for certain things. But I, I'm interested to see where that's going to take us. And our, our, our Romeo, I, as I was reading it, was like, why? How, how does he manage to keep getting dates? <laughs> um, out of people because surely word spreads but I, I I have a feeling this is probably not a normal date for him he doesn't sound like his head was really in in the in the game there but I, I hope he's not like that all the time but it's one of two ways he could be like that all the time which is why none of his courting escapades go that long but I can't imagine that anyone would be wanting to date him so yeah well, we've, we'll see we've, what the future brings for him We've said before that he may be like close. We, we don't know about the inheritance line for sure, but he may be near the front of the line to inherit the throne. So that might be reason enough. That's true. That's true. I feel like you'd be willing to um, put up with it, maybe. Mm-hmm. If, that's, if that was your end goal, you'd be like, oh, a potential future king has taken me on an errand and this is, mm, if I just bide my time, if that's what I wanted, then we have a lot of that in you. In your future, realistically. True, yeah. Honestly, spying on what he's saying to the Ardents might be exactly the kind of thing you would want to do if you're kind of, you know, out to get ahead or whatever. Yeah, exactly. There's definitely definitely times where that position would be quite useful, where it doesn't sound like she was particularly into it, though. No, yeah. He, and the, the last one, too, he upset her by having lunch with, well, this girl. So yeah. It doesn't sound like they're out for that. So, yeah, I don't know how he's getting the dates. He, he's, maybe he's just ridiculously <laughs> handsome. Maybe he's just normally better. He's just a little preoccupied. At which point you go, no, not today. I'm busy. Uh-huh. That's okay. But maybe tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, Adolin. We'll find you a girl, maybe. <laughs> that's that's actually the point of this book. You guys didn't know, but it's all about finding the right girl for Adolin. That's what you signed up for. There, There Enjoy. is none. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, if i'm if i'm gonna have to read the bachelor in stormlight archive time um good I'll, I'll see you guys in the next book yeah it's gonna it's, it's actually gonna be a reality show um they're just lining up girls and he's handing out roses yeah. it'll be great yeah brandon got really derivative all of a sudden i don't know i don't know what happened yeah he got really into the bachelor i don't know <laughs> I don't know writing that book and he's like yeah yeah as soon as I see who gets the last rose yeah exactly so Jamie did bring up one thing that I was curious I wanted to ask you guys about so we've heard since 
we first met Dalinar, uh, like, I don't know, six chapters ago now about these visions that he was having and that they're having this effect on him and his son thinks that they're not real. We've had all that before. Now we are seeing one of these visions. What did you think before this? And has seeing one of them changed what you thought about the visions? I think before I was just kind of thinking voices in the head, like, like yes, a vision, but maybe something a little more, I don't know, black talking to someone, you know, you know, like, I guess kind of along the lines of yeah, pretty much just voices in your head. Someone's talking to you or you're having a conversation with someone and, and maybe like images are being kind of popped up of, of things. I don't know what things exactly, but I definitely didn't think about basically slotting into someone's life. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a definitely a different level. Did you, did you have an opinion on whether they were real or imaginary, and has that changed? I did not think they were imaginary, just because they were leaning so heavily on everyone thinks he's nuts, mm-hmm. um, and he's losing it. And I think they—I I was always thinking they were real. I think this is kind of confirmed. Well, I think it's kind of confirmed for me. It still could be not real in his head, but it definitely seems pretty real. For what he's going yeah. through like he's not physically leaving it is it is a vision but is is he being like he's slotting into someone's space but is he actually being slotted into something that happened in the past and then sort of being able to act as that person to learn something or is it something that is created for him to go back to to learn something i don't know yeah that is a good question is this is this the real life is this just fantasy am i in a landslide (laughs) possibly no escape from reality (laughs) damn it man open your eyes i mean i'm kind of poor (laughs) just oh i shouldn't have started this okay (laughs) yeah it's your fault (laughs) yeah it totally is i definitely didn't think they were fake like or or not like meaningful but he, I think he even remarks like the, that this particular vision is different from the ones he's had before, and so it's uh, yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting. Obviously, in this vision, also he had somebody take a more, he had whoever's giving him these visions take a more active role. Again, to draw it back to Final Fantasy, it really reminds me of like Final Fantasy VIII, where they've got like his sister is take his stepsisters taking them into this who's actually i guess his no i guess they're not related by blood his stepsisters taking him into this weird like past zone where they're inhabiting people and then acting out what those people are doing except that they didn't have control in that situation of the past because they weren't actually able to change the past uh but yeah it reminds me of final fantasy 8 so Is that a good thing uh it's a it's a thing okay uh, you know I don't know if he de- if he derived it from Final Fantasy VIII. Final Fantasy VIII definitely pre-released before this book came out. So, you know, he could have gotten the idea from there, but I don't know. I will say that in this version of it, he's it's very clearly like an outside force from the beginning, and it's only happening during a certain amount, a certain period of time during these high storms. So to me, that means that the high storms have to mean something. Mm-hmm. Like other you know some obviously this this world's full of magic and we've remarked several times how the world even appears to be alive in all its forms so it would make logical sense in that way 
that the high storms were alive in some way, but they're obviously carrying with them some kind of power to manifest this entity that is able to then affect people directly. But the interesting thing to me is even if maybe, maybe Dalinar is having the same, maybe Gavilar before he died had similar visions and, and, you know, we just don't know that if that's Mm. the case, like what, what is causing this entity to choose these specific individuals? Is it because they sat down and read the way of Kings? Like, is that, is that the linchpin to being able to be open to these to this entity in some way? And if so, why? But it was very interesting to see a vision, although it was this one's according to Dalinar, even this one's way more wackadoodle than the other ones he's had. So, yeah, it, it, it's an interesting thought that you brought up because we know from it being stated several times, including in these chapters, that it was like. The kind of things that Dalinar is saying and thinking, they're like, yeah, your brother was totally saying this same sort of stuff just before he died. So maybe there is more than just the book that's in common here. Yeah, not only that, but like, you know, that's why I also think there may be some foreshadowing of death here for Dalinar. It's like, yeah, your brother was saying and doing these things and then he was assassinated. And so, yeah, 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 that that could be some foreshadowing. Interesting. Right. Yeah, no, I, I had the similar thought. It's like, he openly states this is not usual for the vision so i didn't know how to take that side of things the sort of impression i got from it because it seems as though the shard was talking to him directly at the end there through taffa so all right so the storms are bringing these visions the storms are an extension of the shard so that made me think all right the storms are basically to this planet what the mists were for preservation back on skadriel it's Hmm. like that is the shards form i guess I think this like the shards are obviously a bit more put together than preservation was because it's not spread so thin. But yeah, like the shard clearly wants to wants to put something together. What? Uh, actually, no, I'll save that for predicaments. Oh, fair enough. Moving on. <laughs> uh, there's sorry before before we go into the next thing. I was I just got an alert when I was I was checking our email to see if we had new emails and I got a, a social alert. Because someone left a comment on one of our uh, our YouTube videos. And oh, this, brilliant. This person commented a few days ago on our first episode saying, hey, looking forward to this. Just binged another pod- Cosmere podcast. Caught up in like three weeks on two times speed. So I'm going I'm going to go through this one. Are you on Spotify? And two days ago, I responded like, yeah, we're on Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you want to you, you want your podcast. And I just now got the message that they responded. And the response is hopefully Joe gets more likable later on. Ouch. Ouch. I and I don't. <laughs> I was now I want to respond with that. <laughs> it was just just while Joe was talking, I clicked and got this message. I was like, oh, OK, wow. Yeah, I'm uh, I feel like sometimes I can be a little polarizing. But you know what? Fuck them. <laughs> you know, nah. what? it's good TV or podcast, whatever. Yeah, this thing is. Nah, though. it's good. Uh, you know. It's all right. I don't care if people don't like me. Uh, uh, I, if, if, to be fair, most of the people on Discord they like you, so you know. Oh, well, you get that's out, nice. liars. It's okay. Okay, let's get into these chapters. We got uh, the chapter eighteen is High Prince of War, which is a very dramatic sounding title until you get into it and figure out what it means. And you're like, oh, okay, I get it then. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, he's he's just the head of the Department of Defense, right? Yeah, basically, right. 
See, it's the epigraph on this one. This is I, I told you guys after the last chapter, I'm like, I think you're going to find the next epigraph interesting. Because the epigraph in the last chapter was, might I be frank? Before you asked why I was so concerned, it is for the following reason. And we don't get the reason. Here's the reason. Addie was once a kind and generous man, and you saw what became of him. Race, on the other hand, was among the most loathsome, crafty, and dangerous individuals I had ever met. Mm. Right. Nice. So we got mention of Addie, a.k.a. Adium's name. Like the Big boy the, ruined. Yeah, Big Boy Ruin. ruin. Yeah. And then we got Race, who we have not met, but who is apparently very loathsome. So the person writing these epigraphs is uh, clearly aware of the shard bearers. And, you know, I think once we get in the next epigraph, we'll know we can talk more directly about who, who this person is. Cause I think it's pretty clear from the next epigraph who it is. Not, not even just aware of the shards. This is a person who seems to have known the people holding the shards before they got them. Unless yeah. I guess Addie was nice said sometime after picking up ruin. And that's what it's referencing. I don't know if the shards really work like that. Well, how do you mean? Like, well, is it, I mean, I guess we have nothing, no evidence really to base it off. But my my thought was they pick up the shard, and then it's like pretty much instantly, like like that that aspect of the shard becomes their whole deal. Mm, uh, I, I could be wrong, I guess, because thinking about it, we've never actually seen it happen. But well, we've was, seen it happen was, one time with uh, with Harmony. But yeah. Up two, so. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. what I was gonna mention. I think that's like we talked about that at the end of the Lost Metal. Is that like he like there's something wrong with him and it's like one aspect is trying to conquer like they're like basically the two aspects can't sit in harmony so like you know there's issues with it so i think it does but it happened over time right so i guess like technically you could say that maybe the shards uh power doesn't overwhelm the person individual personality immediately but that's that's also a different case because he's picked up two not just one mm-hmm. so like right like, like they've been going to war the whole time. Yeah, gradually one of them might be eroding the other, but on the whole, like when he picked it up, became harmony. He was harmony from the word jump. I think possibly. I don't know. I could be wrong. Yeah, if, I mean, we don't. We know from talking to him in era two that harmony is not exactly the same as Sazed, although they do seem similar in a lot of ways. Uh, Har- harmony is almost like compulsively inactive which sazed while not the most active guy was like kind of outcast from the other terrorists because he was more willing to step in and like try to get stuff done right so it does seem maybe like it's changed him some how much of that happened right away like you say we can't really be sure because we didn't talk to him all that much right at the end of the first era yeah well i mean right when he became harmony based on what we know that he gave to the planet, he was extremely interfering, like well, extremely. True. He did a ton of stuff specifically for the world right when he became Harmony. So like, I think you could guess that at that moment when he did all of those things, almost immediately after he picked it up, it wasn't from a, like a true Harmony standpoint because he directly affected things I mean, heavily. Spook of Mistborn. Yeah, exactly. True. You know what? Actually, we have seen two because Vin ascended to the preservation shard for a while there, even though she couldn't oh. do very much with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, if you're going to say that, didn't Kelsier have the preservation shard too, for yeah. a hot minute? That's true. That's yeah. 
I mean, Kelsey was a little bit different because he didn't have a body or whatever, so he couldn't even access the full power of it. But yeah, you're not wrong. So yeah, we've seen it. We've seen it a couple times. The point now being, Ruin, who we met uh, and was an asshole, used to be a kind and generous man. Yeah, sure. Man. Ruin hit him like a ton of bricks then, because he was a dick. Yeah. Well, also, do we trust the author of this? Because I mean, yeah. fair. Yeah. Okay. And so now we we have another guy, Race, who not a nice guy. And if uh, if the comparison is is apt, then presumably this is another guy with a shard. And what kind of shard did the asshole get? And what did that do to him? Who knows? I mean, we find a little more in a minute. But yeah, so uh, I, I, I I like these the epigraphs in this part. They're very thought provoking. So we're, we're with Adolin, who has taken the strap from the saddle. And he's getting it examined by some leather workers. And they're like, yep, this was totally cut. You you need to be more careful. He's like, what, what do you mean? Be more careful. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, people let this looks like it came from a saddle. People are always letting like buckles hang down from the saddles and then they'll like slice a thing. Yeah, you just you got to be more careful. So it was sliced. They're pretty definite on that. But whether it was on purpose or not, we still have no idea. And you can't imagine that's going to satisfy the king. But also, Adolin has brought Janala the girl that he started dating while still dating somebody else with him to the uh, leather working place. And she's like, I thought we were going on a walk. And he's like, yeah, we're walking. Um, I thought there would be more walking involved in the walk. And he's like, oh yeah, there's, there's gonna be lots of walking real soon. Prancing, sauntering. Uh, and the leather workers like promenading. Isn't that a type of drink? Uh, no, fairly sir. It's another word for walking. He's like, oh yeah, lots of that too. I love a good promenading. It's not how parts of speech work. I'm just, it bugs me. Okay, that sounds like somebody who doesn't understand what that word is at all. <laughs> and uh, this this particular leather worker has golden hair. He's a yellow-eyed Iriali. And he's like, no, not yet. Not not like blonde hair. Golden hair. So this this guy looks different, I guess. Yeah, Which, super saint. Got it. Adolin's not, uh, yeah, super sad. he's not really one to talk, seeing as how, you know, he has the different kind of hair, but um, whatever. Uh, and on the map, there is a place called Eerie, I-R-I, and so this Eerie guy, that's that's where he's from, or his people, I guess. And so a- Adolin is forced to leave this place, not uh, entirely satisfied with what he got, but, um, you know, you, you got to take what you can get, I guess. Also, random, possibly related. We've heard of people with golden hair one other time in the books that we've read. Back in The Lost Metal, the person the person who had all the, the newspaper person had all the conspiracy stuff. It was like, who killed my friend? It was those people with the golden hair living on the east side. They're some kind of fairy creatures. I know it. So possibly related there. That sounds like a reach. <laughs> I know. It's just the only uh-huh. other people we've heard of was just like gold hair as opposed to, you know. Didn't Sereni have gold oh, hair? Yeah, I think Sereni's hair was just like, uh, like co- Yeah. You know what golden hair is? No, he specifies. This is not blonde. This is gold. Yeah. No. Blonde would be like, yeah. uh, you know, a range of colors that are a little more drab and not like they don't have like a darker sheen to them. I think gold is like, you know. He thinks like this the, even has a metallic sheen, this hair. Right, yeah. Oh. And so the, the two of them go walking, and he's not only had, has he taken her 
to some not great places on their walk. But when they are when they do just go walking, she's talking and he's not paying attention. He's just thinking, geez, she likes to talk a lot. Usually I like women who like to talk, but I'm just not in the mood for listening right now. Pro- probably not a good time to go on a date. I'm just saying. And uh, she's like, oh, wouldn't you say Adeline or Adeline? And he's like, uh, yeah, no, totally. So you'll talk to him. She wants him to ask his father to let the men wear stuff other than their unfashionable uniforms. They're, they're dreadfully unfashionable uniforms. Because how they look is way more important. Yeah. And we, we get a detailed uh, look at Adeline's outfit. Long coat of solid blue, no embroidery, stiff trousers, in a time when vests, silk accents, and scarves were the fashion. So, yeah, just, geez, how dare he? And Adeline's like, yeah, dude, I know. But I'm not going to be able to talk him out of it. I've been I've been trying for six years and six years out here have not made him any better. But he's gotten worse about making everyone follow the codes. And then the horns go off to announce that a chrysalis has been spotted. But what does not happen is the third horn that would say that Dalinar is sending his armies to go for it. And Adolin is bitterly disappointed about that. And then he's just like, come on, there's something else I want to check out. And we get Dalinar standing up here looking out at the Shattered Plains. He's in Elokar's elevated palace. So you got all 10 war camps down in these like crater like depressions and then the palace up above everything. I love this moment. It's like, Ledgerman, read me the books. <laughs> yeah, he has he has a, a lady here just to read him stuff, because if you can't read, how are you going to read? You know, that seems like the most inane thing ever that I just said. But, you know, and there's a thought that it's like. Yeah, people people are telling me I should marry again so that I have a woman to be a scribe. But uh, yeah, they think that I'm rejecting their suggestions because I love my first wife so much. But what they don't know is that she's gone from my mind. A blank patch of fog in his memory. Yeah. So like what? What what is he talking about? Devastating. Does he have like a dementia or something? I almost thought it was like eternal sunshine for the spotless mind where he like went to a place and they like wiped his memory of her. He's just real casually thrown in there. And I agree with I kind of agree with Dak on my first read. It's just like this doesn't help his case for not being (laughs) mentally unsound. But yeah, all that remained was a was the hole and filling it to gain a scribe seemed callous. So yeah, everything about his wife, it says, was taken from him. Yeah. Who and how? This is an excellent question that uh, baffling. Yeah. Uh, we need some rooms to inject all this knowledge about radiance and like the visions and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, let's just get rid of this memory. That's not important. That was my wife. <laughs> that would be so mean. Oh, oh no, my wife. Wait, who was she? Uh, probably wasn't that important. Uh, and so we're getting a report on the saddle girth. No one is out there taking credit for it in the other camps. Aelin's talking to the the leather workers now, but we really don't know. We're getting some very dry stuff, but like some of the high princes aren't paying ahead for their uh, what they owe the king. All right. Oh, we talked about this was the best part of the chapter. (laughs) Why pay high wartime rates for soul casting? Why not move farmers out here and start growing their own food? And she's she's just like, I mean, why don't we do that? Isn't that a good idea to have more food? And Dalinar's like, no, the soul casters are like the main hold that the king has over the high princes. We cannot let them get around that. And he makes a, an interesting note that I'm pretty sure is historically accurate, that the most fragile time in a kingdom's existence is during the lifetime of its founder's heir. Checks out. That's like some Alexander the Great stuff where it's like 
he conquers and holds it together through force of personality. But once he's gone, it's it falls apart. Yeah, I I went to um a song of ice and fire and like the backstory of the Targaryen dynasty and like yeah, once uh, the initial Aegon the first Aegon the Conqueror died and like his successors came in, it's like that kingdom nearly fell apart. So checks out. Mm, I will believe you. I'm I'm not that up on song of ice and fire. <laughs> he's thinking about the dreams. The Everstorm comes, the true desolation, the night of sorrows. Well, that's cheery. And so he's like, write up this thing in the king's name and then have the scribes explain it to Elokar. Hopefully he'll agree with it. And I do like she's she's he's it makes it does an interesting thing where she's like, I'm surprised that you suggested I look into these particular histories. I didn't know that th- that was interesting to you. And he's like, look, there's stuff that I'm not interested in that I'm not talented at. That doesn't change the fact that the kingdom needs those things. So I find people who can do those things, which that's a very good, good, uh, reasonable way to look at it. He's going to send another battalion of his out to maintain law and order in the unclaimed hills, which is the area around them. If you look at the map, the shattered plains are like at the south end of the unclaimed hills. They should just claim them and change the name, you know, um, having a big section of land. It's like, yeah, that's unclaimed. Nobody likes it. Seems weird to me. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's better than, like, you know, the Devil Hills or something. Yeah, I'm just saying, I feel like some asshole would be like, oh, that there's, like, land up for the taking? Okay, I claim it. Mine now. All right, I claim this area of the land. Uh, map map Woman, what is the map? What is the name of this on the map? These hills are called the Shit Lumps. Well, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> well, once yeah. he claims them, he can name them whatever he wants. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. No one's going to let it go, though. It's like, oh, yeah, this guy, he's the guy who conquered the shit lumps. No, rename <laughs> them. Yeah, that'd be like renaming Twitter. <laughs> the shit lumps. You just keep them titled the unclaimed land so that you mess everyone up who tries to claim it. You're like, haha, it's mine. <laughs> my enemies. I, you fell for my trap. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like you wasted a bus trip. <laughs> We find out that uh, he won a shard blade and some plate during their first year out here from the Parshendis. No one knows how they got them, but hey, good for us. And then we have a talk with Renarin, or Renarin, sorry. It's such a, a small difference in that pronunciation, but I always get it. And he's like, dude, you know that you sh- you shouldn't have run out in the middle of the battle like that with the, the giant crab monster, right? He's like, what would you have had me do? You were in danger. He's like, yeah, look, I'm not faulting your bravery. I'm faulting your wisdom because that was some dumb shit. Okay. And you know, he Renarin's just like, uh, I'm just so useless. Maybe it would have been better if the monster had gotten me. And we find out. So what you do as part of your religion, this religion that they're in, you pick a profession and an attribute, a calling and a glory. You work hard at your profession. You spend your life trying to live up to this ideal and if you do a good job, then you get in the almighty like likes you and you get to go in to wherever after you die. I was going to say to heaven, but I think we've established that in this religion, the heralds are actually fighting to take back heaven and you're supposed to be going to help them. So and so Dalinar's like, you know what, let's let's try training you again. Maybe we'll get you into some pl- some some shard plate, get you a shard blade. And Ren- Renarn's like, but you said yourself that like the plates and blades have to. Go to the most skilled warriors. And he's like, well, yeah, none of the other high princes give up their stuff to the king. Who would fault me if I for once made a gift to my son? And Renarin's like, holy shit, are you, are you serious? And he, he makes an oath. If I capture another plate and blade, they will go to you. 
to be to be honest, I do it simply for the joy of seeing Sadius's face when you become a full shard bearer. Because once again, Sadius just has armor. He doesn't get a blade, and uh, <laughs> Man, just to piss him guy. off. Yep, I don't object to it. That'd be great. Unless who was it? Was it was it Joe theorizing that maybe Renarin was like secret bad guy? Uh, maybe you don't want to put him in a shard shard plate and give him a shard blade. Yeah, maybe I was being overzealous on that, but he still could be. And I, I do like that Dalinar thinks at the end of the scene, like, I know what it's like to be a second son overshadowed by an older brother you love and envy at the same time. I still feel that way. Yeah, gotta, gotta take care of your second son. And then we go back to Adolin, who has gone to see the Ardents at the temple or whatever this place is. Did I say it's a temple? I forget. Yeah, it's the War Camp's temple. Okay. And he meets up with a guy called Kadash. Oh, and I meant to mention... We start finding now that we know that everyone has a calling and a glory. We start finding out to some more stuff about people's callings. We also we already knew that Shalon's calling was like natural history or something, and Dalinar's calling is leadership and his glory is determination. And in this next section, we find out that Adolin's calling is dueling. He wants to be a professional duelist. Which, yeah, is he gonna seems like, kind of is he gonna like fight Setokaiba or like? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's time be... to do, 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 duel. Yeah. He's, he's got two blue eyes white dragons, and he needs that third one. Yeah, he's like, Mokuba! <laughs> God. But yeah, he goes, uh, he, he, he's he gone to see Kadash, who has a twisting scar that runs around the top of his head, which, the way that makes it sound, it's like, all did somebody scalp him or something? Jeez. And this I mean, guy used people to... on this planet are pretty fucked up. You're not wrong. This guy used to be a soldier, but he eventually changed his calling. He became an ardent. It's not, it's odd, but not forbidden for a man to change his calling. I used to be a soldier like you, but then I took a machete to the face. <laughs> and like, there's a lot of women here receiving instructions from the ardents. Not a lot of men because, hey, we're at war. It's easy to practice the masculine arts. And Janala's over here like, oh, geez, first a stinky leather worker shop and now a temple. I thought we would go someplace at least faintly romantic. Religion's romantic? Eternal love and all that, right? Yeah. I'm going to wait outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to try that line next time on my life. It's like, <laughs> religion's romantic, right? <laughs> we, we have a date date morning every week when we go to church, right? Yeah, it's yeah exactly. And he's and like he says as he watches her go off to buy her something quite expensive to make up for this, I suspect. <sighs> And then the Ardent's like, well, I don't see the problem. I think religion is is romantic. And Adolin gets his uh, his great. The scar makes you a little too unsightly for my tastes, my man. All about the ladies for Adolin, apparently. But also about his dad. Because that's what he's here to talk about. And I, given that, like, dueling is forbidden by the codes, I can understand how for Adolin especially that is chafing if that's his whole deal. His, his calling in life is to be a duelist and suddenly he's not allowed to duel. Look, your dad said you can't duel. The coach just said you can't duel because you don't want to hurt soldiers. But you get a deck of cards. You sort it out. <laughs> you know, you get your monster cards out. You, you have a nice duel. You know, you don't have to play Yu-Gi-Oh! You can play Magic. You play the Dragon Ball Super card game. That was pretty fun. You, you know, they, you don't got to stop making that. No, I don't think so. I just okay. stopped playing because the community here died. That's, that's a shame. Good dumb. Yeah. There's the whole thing about playing chess with death. You know, you could do, you could you could uh, duel people over a chessboard, or if you want to follow Bill and Ted rules, you can play Battleship with death. Yeah. Uh, have we heard about any games that these guys play in this planet? Uh, serious. 
they, well, they, their game appears to be hunting giant lobsters and stealing their their gems. That's that's true. And what a game it is. Maybe like a duel. It's like cockfighting, but with giant lobsters. <laughs> oh, jeez. I mean, you could you, you <laughs> could do that with the smaller lobsters. You could like use the lobster dogs, right? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. A, it'd be it's more a like vicious dog lobster fight. That's basically a Pokemon battle. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's there's Pokemon who are just crabs. So <laughs> yeah. Axehound, do a headbutt. So, yeah, you, <laughs> get two, you get two crabs, you like duct tape knives to their claws, and you put them in the arena. It's all good. That's My hand's up. already closed. I'm reporting it's, you guys. I don't think anyone cares about crabs. Crab people. They they would. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So what he wants to know, he he's he, he's like, we gotta go talk somewhere somewhere private. And he just comes out. He's like, is my dad going crazy? Or could he legit be getting visions from the Almighty, as I think he believes? So Adolin doesn't even know. He's like, I think my dad probably thinks this, so what do you think? And Kadash is like, well, that's a real blunt question. And she's like, look, you've known him longer than most. I know you're loyal. I know you keep your ears open and you notice things, so you've heard the rumors. Just tell me what you think. And he's like, oh, so the rumors are not unfounded? Unfortunately, no. It happens during every high storm. He raves and thrashes around and afterwards claims to have seen things. What sorts of things? And Adolin doesn't know. Apparently, he hasn't either Dalinar hasn't wanted to talk about it or really Adolin hasn't bothered to ask the details. But he's like, I think it's stuff about like the radiance, maybe. And maybe what the what what is to come, which apparently is just like flat out guesses. But he's he's just going to throw that out there. And so Kadash is like, "Okay, this is dangerous ground for me. You're, this is like toying with violating my oaths. I'm an ardent, owned by, and loyal to your father. He is the Almighty's guardian of this people, set to watch me and make certain I do not rise above my station. All right. And then we get a history lesson about the hierocracy. So at some point in the past, the hierocracy was this event where the priests basically tried to conquer the world. Hmm. Sounds familiar. And so back then... People didn't get to know about religion. The priests are like, now nah, this is all too complicated for you. Just just believe us when we say this is what your religion says and you need to do what we say. OK, deal, deal. Yeah. Again, sounds familiar. Yeah, right. This is uh, yeah. things that have happened. And I like Adolin just listening. He's like, I don't really actually know that much about this, but I'll just go for I'll just go along. I don't pay attention to history. Boring. But uh, the priests began to claim that they were receiving visions and prophecies, though such things had been denounced by the heralds themselves. Void bringing is a dark and evil thing, and the soul of it was trying to divine the future. See, this takes us all the way back to the weird comment Shalon makes when the guy was uh, playing, was gambling with those other guys. We know, I was going to say playing cards, but I don't think we know they're playing cards. And he's like, she was like, you should not try to foresee the future. And he was like, eh, it's not foreseeing the future if you know you're going to win. So here's yeah. why that makes the future. Yeah, that back. makes more sense. Yeah. When the priests of the hierocracy were cast down, the sun maker made a point of interrogating them. Turned out there were no prophecies. They made it all up to control the people. And so uh, he's like, so you think my dad's visions are fabrications? And he's like, oh, I, I, I didn't say that. Don't put words in my mouth. I would never accuse my high prince of lying or even a feebleness, but I cannot condone mysticism or prophecy in any form. The days of the priests are gone, of lying to the people, of keeping them in darkness. So I guess that explains why in modern day the priests are property 
and it's and uh, the guys who own them are supposed to keep them from rising above their station because we had a time in the past when they tried to take over everything. So now it's like, yeah, we're not letting that happen again. And so Kadash's personal opinion is that the things he sees are likely a reflection of his past or more likely a reflection of his past than any mystical experience. And Adolin's like, so he's going mad. I didn't say that. You, you just implied it. You're like, right. Because I can't say something like that. And the, the priest puts it back on Adolin. And he's like, look, if anyone is going to help him, it's got to be you. It would not be the place of anyone else, even me. Now you should probably go and see to that young woman. And Adolin's like, yeah, I don't, uh, even with a good gift, I don't think that this is going to last. Renarin will mock me again. And we cut back to Dalinar and Renarin in the king's palace, hanging out, being buddies. And Dalinar goes to talk to the king. And we saw him, the first time we met him, actually, in that first chapter, he was trying to think, trying to find a way to tell the king that he thought they needed to stop what they were doing, that this was not accomplishing anything. It was actually hurting the cause of keeping the kingdom together. And so now he's going to come out and say it after they have a discussion about, uh, do you think the Parshendi watch us from out there? Why do you, why did they do it? Do you suppose? Why did they kill my father? And when Dalinar's like, you know what? I, I really don't know. That's the big question, right? Was it, a, did we offend their honor? Was it a cultural misunderstanding? And Elokar's like primitive brutes. They have no culture. Who knows why a horse kicks or an ax hound bites? I shouldn't have asked. And so Dalinar just comes out. He's like, maybe we should be thinking about asking ourselves some of the hard questions here. Like, how long do we continue this war? And he starts approaching this this possibility and trying to explain to the king that, like, this is not good for the kingdom. This is not good for helping maintain what your dad put together, what he spent his life trying to accomplish. We're, we're out here killing a bunch of Parshendi, but not actually accomplishing anything. And the king's just like, man, what they say about you is true. You're changing. What happened to you, man? You used to be beautiful. <laughs> I seen you tear man's jawbone off and beat him to death with it. I seen it. And so at some point, well, we'll get there in a minute. He, he's trying to convince him. He's like, we have to do this. We have we have to do like keep the kingdom together. We have to do this thing. And Elkarsh is like, you think I'm a bad king, don't you? You're always talking about what I should be doing, where I'm lacking. Tell me truthfully, when you look at me, do you wish you saw my father's face instead? And Donner's like, well, I mean, yeah, I'd be a really shit brother if I didn't wish that my brother was still alive and hadn't been murdered. But <laughs> just because Damn. I love my brother doesn't mean I don't also love you and think that you're a fine king in your own right. Yeah, knock off this whole Faramir. You wish I had died so Boromir had lived routine. That's not where we're going with this. No. Yeah. A, chan a chance for Prince Elokart to show his quality. Although Faramir's dad was a, a giant asshole, so... Uh, that's, yeah, that's that's that's, that's, that's my point. It's like, El like Elikar, you don't need to be the Faramir in this situation because you are not looking at a Denethor. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> also, what do you want out of an advisor, Elikar? Yeah, he's just he's just telling you what he thinks. He's not making you do it. Sounds kind like he wants a yeah. Sounds like he wants a milk toast. Yes, man. I get the <laughs> feeling that if Dalinar wasn't his uncle, he would not be like Elikar would not be standing for anything Dalinar is saying. Like he's only keeping around because he is his uncle, and like he does mm. love him in that regard. Mm. Like he values his he values his advice, but only because he's his uncle. If so someone else was here giving him this advice, he would say like, "Fuck are you talking about? Get Sadius in here." Maybe. Mm. We also know that Dalinar has a history of being like one of the greatest generals of all time, so that may, even if he's changing, still buy him some cred. True. 
Although not enough for the king to seem to take what he's saying seriously, it doesn't seem like. And he's, he's, he's like, man, you've been listening to readings from that book again, haven't you? You sound just like my dad at the end, all erratic and shit. And so Dalinar realizes this is not going to work. I'm not going to convince him. I need to change tax. And so he's like, all right, I'll come at it a different way. Maybe you're right. End the war. Leave the battlefield with the enemy still in control. That would shame us. But we need to change something. We need to be better. And he's, Elkar's like, Sadius is already being better, dude. We talked about his bridges. Look how awesome his bridges are. Look how many gem hearts he's winning. Now was like, gem hearts don't mean anything. That is not us fulfilling our vengeance pact. We need to fight this war to win the war, not to just play these stupid games. And he he tries to appeal to Elkar's like pride where he's like, you cannot honestly tell me that you're happy seeing them out here, turning this into a game, not trying to get revenge for what happened to your dad. Yeah. I mean, that's also true, though. No, I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. And I, I, I do love that Elokar brings up the, the strap again. He's like, yeah, but what about that strap, though? You're not even taking stuff seriously. And Elokar, like, looks at him suspiciously again, and Dalinar's just like, oh, jeez, he's getting worse. It's like, he's like, dude, the strap is not the issue here. <laughs> this this aggression will not stand. Yeah. Look, the strap really tied the, the saddle together, okay? It's like, yeah, but it's not the issue. So Dalinar wants Elokar to name him High Prince of War, because once upon a time, when they were still a United Kingdom before it split into these different High Prince systems, and before Gavilar then reunited them, the High Princes each had like a specialty, something that they were over, which makes you a more unified kingdom if, you know, the High Prince of this guy is the is the head of the Department of Defense, and he's in charge of defense stuff for all of the princedoms, then you're more united than if everybody's running everything in their own areas. So that's what he wants. And Alcar's like, nah, we can't do that, man. They, they barely accept my leadership now. If I did something like that, they'd assassinate me. And Donner's like, nah, man, I'll, I'll protect you. And he pulls out like, like, like you protected my dad. It's like, oh, geez, okay, that, that fucking hurts. Because it's true, but low, low blow, dude. And Alcar's like, okay, no, I'm sorry. Shouldn't have said that. It's like, no, no, I mean, this is the true, one of the truest things you've ever said to me. Maybe you're right to distrust my protection. And Elokar's like, why why do you do that? Once upon a time, if someone said something that demeaning to you, you would have summoned your blade and demanded a duel. Now you're just going along with it. Yeah, but you're also the king and his nephew. I feel like it's not really the same thing, but whatever. Yeah, right. But he gets Elokar to listen to an extent. Elokar has a reasonable objection that he doesn't think anyone else is going to go for this. And so he's like, look, if you can prove to me that the other high princes are willing to work with you, then I'll do it or I'll, I'll consider doing it. Okay. And Dalinar's like, yeah, that's a good compromise. Okay, good. And so he's like, okay, I, I'm going to have to talk one of the other high princes into like cooperating on something. Who do I start with? He, he's coming up with a plan. And then Renarin's like, oh shit, you see those clouds? Uh, is there supposed to be a high storm tonight? Renarin's like, Elthabar Elf, said it was unlikely, but he's been wrong before. And, uh, should we go to Aladar's camp? Because it was the closest. And he thinks Aladar's men would take him in because no one would forbid shelter to a high prince during a storm. But no, he knows what's about to happen and he can't have it happening in somebody else's camp. So we ride. And they make it to Dalinar's camp and inside one of the barracks just in time for the storm wall to hit. And it starts. And that's our next chapter. Chapter 19, Star Falls, which is all the vision that he has during this storm. Although, first we get another epigraph. 
He holds the most frightening and terrible of all the shards. Ponder on that for a time, you old reptile, and tell me if your insistence on non-intervention holds firm, because I assure you, race will not be similarly inhibited. It's Hoyt. Hoyt's writing. It's, yep. it's Hoyt. That old reptile bit, dead giveaway. Yeah, and the I think in the yep. other thing we read, they talk about interference and not interfering and watching yeah. and all that stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you guys may remember what they're talking about. We we did a live, not just a, not just a reading, but we an acting out of uh, a performance of The Traveler, a piece of a short that Brandon wrote and posted, mm-hmm. where uh, Hoyd has a discussion with someone he calls an old reptile. Yep, I was the old reptile. Dak was Hoyd. Yep. So it didn't. Well, that was did, a, that was a while ago. Now was that after was that after Secret History? I think it was right after Secret History. Yeah. Mm. So, yep. So maybe, maybe Joe's right. Maybe Hoyt is writing this letter to his uh, his friend, the reptile. The reptile. <laughs> the reptile. Mortal Kombat. That's a fatality. Uh, or babality. Remember those? I mean, yeah. if, it's rep- if it's a reptile, shouldn't it be animality? Yeah. Uh, maybe. So when we get to the end of this section, we'll, we'll go back over the whole letter. Um, when we get to the end of part two. Uh, we'll go back over the whole letter and see if anything pops for you guys. But uh, oh, is yeah. that the end of it? Uh, no, no. But I'm just saying, like, we're getting these pieces, and we're like, ooh, hey, this is interesting. This is interesting. Maybe when we look at the whole thing, it'll uh, at the end of part two, it'll. Okay, so not today, but just no, in not today. Yeah, I mean, we still got part two goes up to chapter twenty-eight, and we're on. No, oh, okay. Yeah, There's several good, pieces good ways. Left. Yeah. But okay, we're gonna pause for a second. He holds the most frightening and terrible of all the shards. Any any anyone want to throw out guesses about what would be the most frightening and terrible? Uh, oh god, love. love? <laughs> so, well, I was gonna save it for predicaments, but if we're asking the question, I'll I'll throw it out now. Um, I think that it is the evil shard on this planet. Um, I've mentioned before. I think there's like a shard locked behind the gates of hell or whatever the hell it is that. They were trying yeah. to keep keep contained. And there have been a few times mentioned that Desolation has come up with a capital D, and I thought it could be that, but something tugged at my memory this week. So I actually went back to the Lost Metal, and I found the bit where Moonlight and Marisite first meet, and Moonlight's explaining the shards and everything, and she mentions a shard who apparently at one point got uppity and tried to kill the rest, and she called him Odium. So, uh, mm, okay. g- given that context that Moonlight mentioned there, I'm going to say, all right, maybe it's that dude or lady or other. Yeah, I remember when we talked about that one because we, we determined we looked it up and it's like odium means like hatred or something. So Hate, hatefulness, I think it was. Yeah. So uh, yeah. like something odious. That makes sense. Yeah. That's, that's they in uh, Christmas Carol. They they call Scrooge odious many many times. Mm-hmm. I only know that because of the Muppets version. Yeah. Sure. Um, so that was that was like, oh, that's a good that's a good word. I should remember that one. And yeah. then it, I, I, I yeah. don't know what jogged my memory, but I was like, oh, oh, I like that. Maybe it's yeah. him. Is Patrick Stewart Scrooge in the Muppets one? No, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I like that as a candidate for most frightening and terrible of all shards. I mean, that would be a pretty hardcore. Although. I feel like Desolation is just a really metal shard name. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's less to do with the fact that, oh, yeah, um, like, he's the most hateful of the shards. But when I when I looked up the 
when I looked it up in the Lost Men, I was like, oh yeah, this guy tried to kill all the other shards. I'm like, mm. well, that seems pretty daring. Yeah, no, I, I could see why, if Hoyd was writing this letter, Hoyd would be concerned about a guy who tried to do that, yeah. Well, I imagine, like, we obviously we we know it didn't. Oh, I mean, it could it could have because we've seen them around. But I, I feel like Odium did not succeed in killing all the other shards because we've still seen them. Yeah, we know some of them. Uh, yeah, but I imagine that if Odium, if that's who it was, had succeeded, then I imagine Hoyd would probably be next on the list. This this is a possibility. We have uh, we have at least one. You know, maybe call it uh, to call it one and a half because I don't want to let go of Desolation. I think that's a cool name. We got, we cool, got a yeah. couple of possibilities for uh, any anyone else have ideas, thoughts on what the most frightening and terrible of all shards could be? Nah, I just figured we hadn't probably been introduced to them yet. But oh, I yeah. like Odium. You got to figure we haven't been introduced to most of them at this point. I don't know. How many mm. do we know? Ruin and Preservation. We know those. Um, what else? Oh, we know we we, we know Autonomy. That's three. Do we we know? I told you guys the ones from Cell, right? Dominion and Devotion. Devotion. Yeah, Dominion and Devotion. So there's five. And I told you guys the one from Warbreaker Planet because we didn't really see them. That was Endowment. Mm. Is that all? Is that all that we know? That's right, Endowment. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Was there one from there White Sand? White Sand was autonomy. Yeah, it's also autonomy. Yeah. Yeah. There was. A couple more mentioned. I feel like Cultivation was one of the ones. That oh, yes. Mentioned. Secret yep. History. Secret History. Yep. And, and then, like you say, an... Odium is mentioned in Lost Metal. So that's. Yeah. Eight. I think there wasn't more mentioned in Secret History, but I, I don't know. I can't remember specifically. So we know like at least half of them. If there's 16 and we know eight, we know at least half of them. So that's not bad. No. Oh, all right. OK, moving in. So Dalinar just is suddenly in a different place. He's in a barn instead of the barracks. And it is a cool, crisp night. No sword, no uniform. And he's like, uh, Stormwinds, where have you sent me this time? This would be the twelfth vision that he's seen. That hasn't been that many. We don't know how often the high storms come, though. And there's a little girl that uh, comes out of the shadows. She's like, Father, Father, what's happening? And he has no idea, but he's like, oh, hush, it'll, it'll be fine. What about Mother? Mother, she'll be fine, too. Probably. Maybe. I don't know. Tries to summon his shard blade, but that won't come. It's unfortunate. He hears something scratching against the barn wall. And then all of a sudden, something just comes through the wall. It was a black thing, lit, o- lit only by moon glow and starlight. Something black and bigger than an axe hound. And un- had an unnatural wrongness to it, whatever that means. So yeah, then they they run. And he uh, gets a sack full of grain. And he figures out that uh, this thing... It's sniffing for them, so maybe it can't see them. And then it comes in, and it hits the sack, rips into it, and then he kicks it. And it says that it felt too soft, as if he would had kicked a water skin. And then he flings the bag's contents up to make a cloud of dust and dried lavas, so that they can maybe the thing won't be able to find them and they can run. Uh, he's once they get outside, he can see that they're on this they're on like a small farm. And there's an air, a little settlement nearby, several dozen homes. He can see the lights. He makes it to the house. There's a lady in the house. She's like, oh, yeah, you found her head. Bless you. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. This whole section is so weird. I don't even know what to comment about it. It's just it's just weird. It's like it's like a mini episode inside the book. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's completely kind of independent. You're right. And so, yeah, like. There's there's another creature. There's more of the creatures. 
trying to get into the house as well. He gets slashed in the face by one of them that just like comes through the window and he, he's looking around for a weapon and he finds uh, the poker, the iron poker in the fireplace. And that is his weapon for the rest of this chapter. And, you know, poker isn't maybe the best weapon, but he, he makes of it what he can and he gets in some hits on these guys. Yeah, it's interesting to me. They, they mention these two different fighting styles, but like he doesn't really go into very heavy description of the fighting yeah. styles, so I was like, okay, well, this is information that does not paint a picture for me because I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, he was trained in wind stance, but he fell into smoke stance. All all we know about smoke stance is it's better with an imperfect weapon. Yeah, it's not. I guess he says one foot forward, one foot behind, and the sword held high with a tip towards your opponent's heart. So that gives you maybe an an idea of the beginning form at least. And now he gets a little better look at the creature. Skin like a pool of tar, no visible eyes, knife-like teeth set in a uh, in a head set on a sinuous, boneless neck, six legs, bent at the sides, appearing far too thin to bear the weight of this fluid ink-like <clears throat> body. These so, things are lookers. Yeah. yeah. That makes me think, like, insectoid kind of legs. Yeah, it honestly, it, it I said heartless earlier, but what it reminded me of is if a nobody from Kingdom Hearts 2 was black like a heartless, that's what it made me think of, like the like the mm. little nobodies, their legs bend the wrong way and they like twitch and move around really weirdly. Yeah, they tend to be all willowy and stuff, yeah. So then a second one comes in, following its buddy through the window. Not good. And the woman seems to know him. She's like, Heb. He's like, what, who, what does she even see me as? Like, her husband? Random farmhand? Like, what? And so he hits one of them and cuts a gash into it, and the wound bleeds smoke, which that's also kind of disturbing. And it doesn't seem to, like, slow it down all that much, honestly, which is also not good. We also find that the smoke stance has a sword and knife form when he picks up a, a – he kicks off one of the table legs and uses it in his other hand. And then there's screams outside in the distance, and he's like, oh, there's not just two of these things. Okay, yeah, they're there's they're out there killing everybody. This is great. Okay, and so he takes a hit in order to get one of them, and he kind of like takes it, rams the poker through the thing's chest. It says the skin resists at first, but then it breaks and the poker moves through easily, and it just deflates like a leaking wine skin, which I guess that's good. I, that it, it wasn't worse than that, but it's a disturbing <laughs> image, honestly. And he's trying to like bash the other one with the table leg, less effective. And he's 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 taking some injuries. He's kind of slowing down. He says, "Always keep the stance." Right, right. Get back into my stance. And then he like pins the second one to the floor with the poker, basically. And smoke hisses out the holes and it deflates also. But yes, yeah, so it's just it's just all really great. It's real nice. And so he's like, "Okay, we gotta go. We gotta get someplace safe. Is there a cellar nearby?" And she's like, a "What?" What the hell are you talking about? Cave in the rock, man-made or natural. Just okay. No, there's no caves. How would men make a hole in the rock? Oh, great. Okay. This is what I'm dealing with. All right, then. We gotta, we're going to go to the river, wash away the scent, the trail of our scent, because they apparently hunt by scent. At least that's his theory at the moment. Get the girl, woman. And she's like, Seely, our daughter. And says, what do you call me, woman? What's gotten into you? Also... Like at at a at a time like this, like really, like yeah, just just I mean, come on. I am offended by not using our names. How dare you? 
It's a very stressful situation. Shit happens. Let's not worry about that right now. We can talk <laughs> about it later when we're not dead. Yeah, when we are hopefully not dead. And so, yeah, he takes them out there and then sees more of these guys, a good dozen of them, as they're trying to escape. And he tells them to run. But it turns out they're in front of them also. So they are surrounded. Not good. And he tries his best, but they start to get overrun by these things. And then all of a sudden, some folks just drop out of the air. Like glowy people. It says that he, he thought it, he thought it was a, a, a star at first. It was like a star rock, he says. And even the, the, the beasts freeze. They're like, wait, what's this? And so it is a dude. The first guy person down is a dude in glowing blue shard plate with trails of stormlight rising from his body. And he comes out with his shard blade and starts slicing these guys up, which way more effective than fireplace poker. Chopping these up. And then there's another one there, a woman also in shard plate, and she has some sort of device, a topaz entwined with a heliodor set in a metal framework, and she uses it to heal them and heals them real fast, too. So this is very nice. They need to find one of these things to use. And Dalinar's just like a woman shard bear. <laughs> this is, I, I just fought a bunch of weird gooey smoke dogs spiders and this is the weirdest thing i've seen today Jeez, and he's just like okay i guess i'll go help them fight and taffa the his wife in this instance is like what are you doing are you nuts but he goes and he helps these shard bears fight off the the beasts whatever the heck they are and the dude at the end is the, the 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 uh the shard the glowy shard bearer is just like well i guess i've never had the pleasure of fighting alongside a comrade with such unconventional means Never been in a bob roll with a dude wielding a chair leg before? <laughs> You're right. Just all the time, actually, you know. The guy's, his armor has stopped glowing, but there is a symbol emblazoned across the breastplate. He recognizes it. The stylized double eye, eight spheres connected to at the center, the symbol of the Lost Radiance, back when they had been the Knight's Radiant. And the guy's like, who trained you with the sword? And Taffa is like, yeah, no, this is my husband. He's never seen a sword before, he, you know. And the guy's like, no, no, what I saw that that takes years of training. I've rarely seen anyone fight as well as you did. Should you wish to put that mysterious training of yours to use? Come to your Athiru. I cannot promise you a position in one of the orders. That decision is not mine. But if your skill with the sword is similar to your skill with hearth tending implements, I am confident you will find a place with us. A desolation, capital D desolation again. A desolation is coming. And so we get some information here. Although most of it is not super useful. He's like, what year is it? And she's like, uh, the eighth epoch, 337. And he's like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> I do not know the system for keeping time. All right. And we are in Natanatan, which uh, he thinks, oh, the Shattered Plains are in the land that had once been Natanatan. And if you look at the map, there's a city off on the east coast of the continent that is called New Natanatan. So... It's not terribly far from the Shattered Plains as these things go. Is that where the Parshendi live? No, not in that specific... The, the Parshendi are somewhere in the middle of the Shattered Plains. That city is definitely far enough from the Shattered Plains that it is not. Where oh, I, I, was, I wasn't sure if like that was just the, like the Parshendi hometown or something. Or they, they, they all just hide in the Shattered Plains, the Unclaimed Hills, do they? Oh, well, that's a good point. All we know is that right now they're all in the Shattered Plains. Okay. So how did the Shattered Plains get shattered? This is an excellent question. Maybe it was the desolation. Who knows? Could be. And so he's like, so you fight for Natanatan's king. And she's like, ah, no, the Knights Radiant fight for no king and for all of them. 
Eurythiru is where our orders are centered, but we live across all of Alethella. He's like, Alethella, that's the historical name for the place that had become Alethkar, which is where he's from. And so she explains that the people of Alethella are, they dedicate themselves to fighting so that they can protect everyone else and other areas don't need to worry about fighting, which is an interesting approach. Every pasture needs three things, flocks to grow, herdsmen to tend, and watchers at the rim. We are those watchers. Very dramatic. And so he's like, so if there's a desolation, that means void bringers, right? Are, are these void bringers that we we're fighting? He's like, she's like, no, 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 no. This was the Midnight Essence, though who released it is still a mystery. So there, there you go. That's what they fought, the Midnight Essence. I'm sure that that explains everything for you. That sounds like a, 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 a underground rock band that didn't quite take off in the 70s <laughs> in Britain. I like it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And then she goes off. She's like, oh, the essence returns. I have to go and help it. call out if if or no call out if the essence returns. I will hear. And then. Taffa starts speaking, but with a different voice. This is I miss these times. They were one once the orders men, not without problems or strife, of course, but focused. And Dalinar's like, OK, whoever you are, you have to tell me what's going on. Who are you? Are you a servant of the almighty? I wish I could help you. You have to unite them. Yeah, you've told me that, but not enough. Need more information. What that knight said about Alethkar, is that true? Can we really be that way again? To speak of what might be is forbidden. To speak of what was depends on perspective. But I will try to help. And he's like, then give me something that's not a vague answer. And finally, he's like, okay, tell me one thing. I'm trusting Sadius. Adeline says I shouldn't. Should I continue to trust Sadius? And the things, the voice says, yes, this is important. Do not let strife consume you. Be strong. Act with honor, and honor will aid you. And Dollar's like, oh, thank goodness. A direct answer to a question, finally. Yeah, but not helpful, because, again, Dalinar's not the problematic one in this situation. That's true. But it's telling him, if you act with honor, honor will aid you. So you behave honorably, and you will get it back in some way. Mm. All right. <laughs> You're right that uh, Sadius is the one worried about not being honorable, although it doesn't say that Sadius will aid you or that Sadius will become honorable. It says that honor will aid you as long as you act with honor. So, oh, wait a minute. I said I did guess earlier that the sh one of the shards or the shard, I don't if there's multiple shards, could be valor. Maybe it's mm -hmm. actually honor. Honor will aid you. Oh, I mean, it's not capitalized here, but no, that's a good idea. Yeah, um, that could work. Yeah, if it's not capitalized, I don't know how I feel about that, but maybe. No, I, I, I like the theory. I mean, that is kind of similar to Valor, and you did suggest Valor, so yeah. Uh -huh. Brandon trying to hide spoilers behind incorrect grammar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, capitalized thrill, but honor. No, don't do that. <laughs> oh, man, what if the shard is thrill? It's just like a, 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 a 90s thrill-seeking skateboarding... Like triple X, uh, Vin Diesel type of oh, okay. shard. Where, where will we find this shard thrill? He's up there. What? There's a volcano. He's got a toboggan going over it. <laughs> he's base jumping. You know how it is. It's thrill. He's thriller. He's, he's riding a he's riding a giant lobster. He's surfing a giant lobster in a tsunami while throwing up the horns. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be a tsunami. They have a giant storm that throws boulders and stuff. He could totally be surfing that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Surf the lightning. Mm. But Dalinar, uh, what if what if thrills like is the lightning? Ooh. Yeah. Dalinar Ride gets the back. lightning. <laughs> Ride the walrus. 
<laughs> and so he, the, they're holding him, and he's like, you can let me go now. My mind is clear. So he's just in front of a bunch of his soldiers, had one of these episodes. Uh, that's not going to help his rep, I don't think. Even if they were his own soldiers and are less likely to talk about it than Aladar's soldiers. Mm. But Aladar. he has an answer to the big question that he was looking at. And so he's like, okay, I know what to do now. Putting aside the fact that who knows how trustworthy these visions actually are. The, the, the Ardent seems to think that if they were somehow real, they might not be good real. He's like, you know, trying to look at what is, what is yet to be. That's evil. And we've definitely had one shard pulling, pulling the old, Oh yes, yes. I'm totally trying to help you. Wink. Just get me out of this. Well, and we'll all be good. Wink. Yep. Wink. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's like, the only thing to do is keep going, find a way to get the High Princess to work together. And that is the end of our chapters. So, predigments. We've gotten some interesting stuff this chapter, or these chapters. What do you guys think? Uh, any, anything new on what you think is going to happen from here on out? Uh, well, my big one was uh, this, like the evil shard on this planet. This guy, Race, would be either Desolation or Odium. We've already covered that, so... Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I... So, the other thing I did have was... I don't believe that you know treating Sadius with honor will work. I think his I what where, where I think this is like this is all going. I think that so Delana I think will engage in a fight. He will get Shardplate and Shardblade for Renarin and Sadius will take this sudden change in Dalinar's demeanor actually doing something for the good of his sons rather than the good, the good of the kingdom. Sadius will see that as Dalinar, like going back on their agreement to protect Elokar. Like, mm. like Sadius will see it as some kind of betrayal, and he will wind up killing Dalinar. How he does that, I don't know. Um, it won't be tied back to him. So, Adolin will blame Sadius, and Sadius is going, "Oh man, you blame me for everything. Fuck off." Uh, <laughs> and and so Elokar will like, "Well, he's right. You do. So no, I'm not going to entertain this." And then I think. Something that just popped into my head as we've been discussing, and Joe gave me the idea, you know, Gavilar had these visions, and then after he died, Dalinar got it. So that makes me think, oh, so what happens when Dalinar dies? Does Adolin start getting the visions? And he realizes, holy shit, Dad was right. And then all the pressure is on Adolin to actually sort everything out because Dalinar's not around to do it anymore. That would be a hell of a thing. If after all the naysaying and going to the priest to be like, I think my dad might be crazy... He starts getting the visions. Like, what do you say now? Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, you got no time to go any, on any more dates there, buddy. <laughs> you got to unite the kingdom. Good luck. See ya. No, okay. Yeah. I, we've, we've all been a little bit hard on Adolin up to this point. I, I feel like seeing him get a little bit uh, of what might be coming to him in the form of having to recognize that his dad was right all along might uh, be good for him. Yeah, I, I don't dislike Adolin. I think he uh, he's fine. He's a he's a flawed character. You get those. Uh, right. He did he did ride into battle against a giant lobster. That was you know that was pretty cool, and he was quite helpful in that battle. So that was also like he gets points for that. I think it's just he's just a bit of an idiot when it comes to the ladies. And I'm just like, how are <laughs> women still de- like in- interested in you? So it might just be because he's like somewhere in line for the throne. So yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, predictions. I I think I think Dalinar is going to die. I don't know that he can continue to be the head of the family. I think maybe Adeline 
and Renrin are going to be have to be thrust into being the heads of their of their family. I agree with Dak. I think Renrin's going to get his his shard plate and uh, and blade. I don't know what Sadeus's reaction is going to be to that. A while back, Dak had theorized that maybe like Sadeus, even though it seems kind of obvious that Sadeus may be a bad guy, and I was like, you know what? I'm, I think I'm going to jump on that bandwagon with Dak. I think Sadeus actually may be undermining Dalinar while posing as a friend, you know, be it a friend at a arm's distance, but still posing as a friend. So uh, potentially if Renarin gets shard plate and blade, Sadeus may be angry enough to like, you know, if he's got some kind of plans in the works, he may kind of increase the timetable or decrease the timetable on those plans and like put them into action more swiftly. And, yeah, I think that may lead to Dalinar dying. So then we'd have Adeline and Renarin doing, being brothers, doing their thing. And then other than that, uh, I don't know. You know, I just, I just theorized that maybe one of the shards or the shard on the planet is Honor, and so that's the case. Maybe Honor will aid them in some way. I'd be interested to know if. Like the vision, the premonition uh, that he's seeing, is it a shard bearer or is it somebody or is it some entity that like is a portion of the shard bearer and the memory is not intact? I don't know. It's a very strange thing. So that's pretty much all I got. Sorry if that was a little rambly. I like the idea that it's like he's going to get in trouble and then literal divine intervention. Like the the shard comes out. It's like, okay, you've been good. I'll, I'll help you out. <laughs> well, I didn't mean like, you know, I, I didn't mean that interfering or like interfering so obviously more well, of like, you know, magic comes into play that, you know, falls in his favor or something. Mine's mine's more fun. Thrill. The, the shard of thrill <laughs> comes down like wearing sunglasses and skis down the <laughs> the, 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 the sky and is like, hey, yeah, bro, he's like, I got uh, you. He's like, women, wham, wham, wazzle. Yeah. Uh, I'm Tubular. Here. Yeah. Uh, we need a 90 shard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, predictions. So I think that the pre- oh, that these visions that he's having probably come back to, uh, I'm going to go back to the title of the, the book, The Way of Kings and the codes and, and all that sort of stuff. You know, if you're if you're living by these codes, you're acting honorably you're fulfilling your oh my god what's your your uh calling mm. if you, you're doing all of these things perhaps this is is fueling the ability to have these visions and do whatever it is the shard wants them to do so you've you've got you've got the shattered planes you've got a shattered kingdom all kind of looking out for their own. So to unite the kingdom maybe will restore something. I mean, well, like we're looking at the land, but restore something that was, because you, you've got this voice going like, oh, I miss these times. Okay, cool. This particular instance of, of uh, vision doesn't suggest anything that would be wanting to go back to, but there's something no. about that that the shard likes. And it seems to be before you had all of your shard blades, shard plate, before the shattered planes were what we know of them now. 
So I think it's got something to do with with being, you know, the way that they are following the codes. Gavilar was the same. Dalinar sort of following in that footsteps. He's trying to get his boys to follow in that footsteps, in those footsteps rather. I I I agree that we will probably lose him maybe the end of the book, maybe. And then it, it does seem to be setting up the sons yeah. to have to, yeah. to follow. They're already following the codes and uh, somewhat begrudgingly part of the time, but yeah. maybe they'll see some value in the work the father's doing and, and go from there. You know, Elokar doesn't really seem that interested in following the codes, so I can't imagine that the Shard would, would go to the king. Like, it's the way of kings, but it's because it's this is the way the king should be, not about the actual king, mm-hmm. maybe, is what I'm theorising. That's my first thing. Okay. Uh, my second thing is that these essence things, maybe they evolve into the chasm fiends, you know, like they're being stabbed and it's like, oh, that was a bit, a bit rough. We got destroyed. We've got to toughen up, you know. Six <laughs> legs, not enough. Got to get some more legs. And some shells. and so Yeah, no, okay. And some shells and stuff. Like, yeah, eventually... They they evolve. They have a chance to hide somewhere in the you know the chasms, and off they go. I don't know. It was that was my silly prediction for the week. <laughs> I like it. No volcano theory, I know, but uh, <laughs> it's a crab theory. It's it's better it's than a crab volcanoes. theory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, no I, and I'm just picturing this like evolution over however many years it is, and they're just like gotta get more legs, gotta gotta get some some shells so they can't poke holes in us so easy. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm all about it. Yeah, makes sense. Did you see? Did you see how Chuck died over there? He just kind of deflated. Like, man. <laughs> also, and I don't know if I'm just like misremembering it. When they did actually attack the Chasm Fiend, didn't wasn't there smoke from the wound there as well? Or am I just imagining? I don't that? recall that. Hold on. Mm. We're about to find out. I'm going to search for smoke and see if it comes up during that section. Uh, the eyes smoke after you cut through the neck because they smoke and burn whenever you cut. Everybody's eyes do if you cut through their neck with a shard blade. Mm, okay. So there was smoke, but maybe not in the same. I don't know. Maybe the hard shell helps that. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, keep smoking. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think that. Hold on. See if there's any other. Oh, and also uh, the other smoke in that scene is when. When Adeline's shard plate starts cracking, it starts leaking trails of white smoke. There's a lot of things that leak smoke. Yeah, I know, right? So, yeah. Okay. No, these are, yeah, that's, that's, that's some interesting, uh, interesting, interesting possibility first and then fun possibility second. So, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm on board. Let's, all right. Let's, let us then move into, we have one email this week and then we have, I think we have a couple of new patrons, and we have a couple of old patrons that uh, I'll, I'll get into that here in a minute. Or we have one new patron. First, we'll do the email, and then we'll get into the other. This one is from Finn. It's a, it's titled Stormlight Shock and Awe. Hey, Sanderlanch crew. Been listening to the podcast on and on since the first Mistborn book. Still maybe my favorite, though mostly due to nostalgia. And it's cool how to see how far you've come. I mostly blitzed through the Cosmere in high school, so I missed a lot of the connections on my first read-through. It's been really cool to see y'all actually catching the connections. I mostly just re- read about on the Copper Mind. There's plenty more to come in Stormlight. Speaking of Stormlight, I'm glad y'all seem to be enjoying the ride so far. 
I feel like this series isn't always super consistent pacing wise, especially in the later books, but it has some of my favorite individual moments from all of Brandon's works. For The Way of Kings specifically, a lot of my personal favorites get the, the, these really cool two-tone illustrations in the Leatherbound edition. Maybe Data will even show them to y'all if you ask him nicely. Wasn't to the time of next, Finn. I need to go back and see uh, the the illustrations in the Leatherbound edition that Finn is talking about because I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know that I've actually read the Leatherbound copy like I, I have with some of the other ones of Stormlight because they're just they're, it's two big old books. It's hard to carry those around and not want to get them damaged when they're such nice copies. But yeah, that's that's that one. So thank you, Finn. I'm going to look at the, the illustrations just because you said that, and maybe we will look at some of them on the show. Cool. So for patrons, we had somebody in the Discord bring up like, hey, I became a patron in like June, and I've listened to all the episodes since then, and you guys didn't give me a, a misting power or a, a fairing power. And I was like, really? Hold on, hold on. So I went back and I found when this person became a, a patron. Uh, it, it, they are where is Hoyd or where's Hoyd, by the way, who you guys where's may remember Hoyd? because they recently sent us an email with their uh, their, I think, Spotify review. Mm. But uh, it turns out that there are three people that I found when I, I started listening to the episodes and I was like, OK, here's the episode where the person right before where's Hoyd gets mentioned. Mm-hmm. And then like two or three episodes go by where I'm like, yep, yeah, no new patron, no new patron. And then when we have another new patron, I read them off and three people seem to have gotten skipped in there somewhere, somehow. So, I feel bad. Do we know oh. what power I gave where's Hoyd as far as. No, I, I could not tell you off the top of my head. Sorry. Oh, darn. I was going to try to see if I can make him a sweet twin born because I feel bad, but I don't remember. So we'll do those three. And it, it, if it turns out that, you know, it came up on another episode and one of you three did get them, and I, I just didn't mm-hmm. find it, I've forgotten, whatever, then, you know, choose whichever one Joe gives you that you prefer. It's all good. <laughs> uh, so here we go. There's uh, there's three, like I said, old ones, and then one new one that we'll do. So we'll start out with Where's Hoyd. All right, Where's Hoyd? I feel bad. level backer. Yeah, I feel bad, Where's Hoyd. You waited a long time for this. I, I think this one's cool. I'm going to give you Spinner. You store fortune. Oh, there's all sorts of possibilities there. Oh, yeah. The next one is Elizabeth. Elizabeth? Yep. You can be, uh, let's see, a uh, steel runner. Why not? Physical speed. That's fun. Hey. Another Ska level backer from June 28th. I'll mention that. Where's Hoyd was June 26th. Mm. And then July 5th is Pim. P-I-M. Pim. P-I-M. Pim, you store wakefulness. You're a sentry. Yeah. yeah. And then our new one, a misting backer. From November 15th is Mr. Incredible 73. Mr. Incredible, you store physical strength because, you know, that's something Mr. Incredible. That feels very Mr. Incredible. I agree. Yeah. All right. So thank you, everybody, for uh, for being patrons. You guys are all awesome. By the way, those three that we had missed have continued to be patrons since June and July. Not dropped off or anything. So thank you guys for hanging with us so long, even though I apparently missed you. That's my bad. All right, so we took care of those. Thank you guys. For next week, or for next time, we're going to read three chapters. So that's chapters 20, 21, and 22, which I think are I think are mostly, if not all, going to take us back to Kaladin. So if uh, if if you guys are excited for it's it's kind of interesting because we've gotten two different, very different things happening with uh, the people in this section because we've got we've got Kaladin who has some weird potentially magic stuff going on with and he's got a little spren friend who some weird stuff's going on with her too 
And then we've got Dalinar with completely different weird stuff happening. And they're geographically, they're actually pretty close to each other, at least compared to Shallan in the, uh, the other section, but uh, like very different sorts of stories. Maybe they will intersect. Maybe not. Maybe they'll never meet each other, especially if we're going to lose Dalinar soon, as Joe and Dak are predicting. It's lower class versus, versus upper class. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like Dal- Dalinar's is magic shit interfering with the politics. Kaladin's Kal- is magic shit interfering with not fucking dying because of the whims of the, of the ruling class. <laughs> yeah, I got I got more sympathy for one of those, I, I must say. Yeah. But I, I like Dalinar, so you know. Oh, like Dalinar's great. It's just like through his through his and Adolin's chapters, we've seen Alethi culture, and I'm like, you know what? Not impressed. So here here's here's a good uh, Mistborn Stormlight overlap. We're we're new for Ward Brandon of the week. So the question is, if a shard blade were to cut a ferrochemist's limb and make it turn gray, could the ferrochemist still tap a metal mine that was below the cut? Because you you remember, if you cut through a limb with a shard blade, it kills the limb. Brandon says, what a great question. I've never thought of that. I'm going to say they could not. That's a really good question. We'll see if I if I go back on that, if it ever happens in the series. <laughs> yeah. I that. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's my answer. I could change it later. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> I mean, you know, logical question, logical answer based on the magics. Like, you kill a limb, then you can't tap a copper mind attached to the limb. My thought was, could you take the copper mind off and just put it on a different part of your body and then it would still work? I would think so. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, look, I, 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 I do like that. One of the reasons I put it in there was what Dak said, where it's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say it's, it works like this. Unless I get to writing the book and decide that I don't want it to work like that, then it won't work like that. All right, then. But that's fair. Brandon always says that the words of Brandon are, are the, they're canon until they're not, essentially. Until it gets put in a book differently. So thank you, everybody, for listening. If you want to send us an email, like uh, someone did today. The address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and X and Patreon, where I'm still posting my reactions to The Sunlit Man. And before the month is out, I will have begun reading Defiant, the fourth Skyward book, although I don't know when those will start going up because it'll have to wait till after I run out of the ones that I'm doing now. So that's what's on Patreon. If you're interested in that, go check out our Patreon. Uh, you can find us on Patreon at The Sander Lanch. Not hard to find. Music by Miracle of Sound. Remember, if you're following along, we're doing three more chapters for next time. And wasing to the time of next. Colo, P.S. Fasher. Crab at the... Ghost